here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service here on KMOX. Brad Young in with you for another two hours this evening. Glad you're with us here on a Tuesday evening. You know, I had... I did have Dr. Michael Lynch in, and uh, you can see Dr. Lynch is very entertaining. And he and I agree on very little. There's a little bit we agree on, but I appreciate his point of view, and he passionately advocates it, even though we disagree. I'm a skeptic. Uh, I'm convinced that the the U, but we do agree that this UAP report uh, that came out from the Pentagon doesn't say anything. Uh, he thinks it's because it's hiding the Pleiades and the tall whites and the grays. I think it's just because it's hiding tech that we developed that we don't want to disclose to China and Russia, which, by the way, is what I think was actually viewed on a lot of these videos that we, we can't talk about, or at least the Pentagon can't talk about, because to do so would be to disclose tech that hasn't been perfected yet for military usage. So uh, that's where, bottom line, where he and I uh, disagree. But uh, moving on to other things. You know, I mentioned at the top of the show, happy birthday to Harrison Ford, 79 years old. Uh, and if I don't know if you've read anything about the new Indiana Jones movie. I'm not giving any spoilers. I'm going to mention just a couple of things that have leaked out about the movie. It doesn't give anything away. Uh, I'm not giving out any real plot points. But listen, if you're just a diehard purist, then just mute for the next 30 seconds. Don't don't go anywhere. Just mute for the next 30 seconds because in this movie, Indiana Jones, it's shooting right now over in Scotland, and uh, there's already been some glimpses of castles, tanks, and Nazis. And from what we can piece together, there's going to be not time travel, but the movie is going to cover a couple of different periods of time, and it's going to go from what Indy was doing during World War II, perhaps, and also what's going on in the 1960s, particularly the late 1960s, uh, because there's a sign uh, that shows it's supposed to be representing New York City, the ticker tape parade, uh, when Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Collins were coming home from the moon. Uh, of course, I'm sure Dr. Lynch would say, that when they were on the moon, they saw things about, uh, you know, aliens having a base on the backside of the moon. But we're not going to see that, presumably, in the next Indiana Jones movie. So, uh, but it does take place during the 60s, also during perhaps the 40s. So there'll be some de-aging of, of Harrison Ford, uh, which is probably a good thing because, uh, you know, like I said earlier, he doesn't look a day over 96 so uh, uh, hopefully he will uh, be able to shoot this movie. He did have an injury already. He apparently injured his shoulder uh, during a stunt, performing an onset stunt. And uh, I'm sure you could insert your joke here, like the stunt was he was trying to get out of his chair. Or uh, the stunt was he was using his walker and he tripped. You know, I mean, you could insert your own joke here as to, Matt, you like that one? So uh, uh, how he injured his shoulder. But uh, but in any event, he's already back doing the shooting, and uh, it looks like he is okay. But um, that movie should be out next year. The other story that I wanted to mention, I think uh, Sean Michael Lyle mentioned it at the top of the hour, and I certainly know that CBS News mentioned it. Uh, but President Biden gave a speech today about voting rights in Philadelphia. 
And this whole thing about the uh, the Texas Democrats who have been walking out of the Texas legislature. I, I For the life of me, I don't understand why the mainstream media is praising these people. I don't understand why they're doing that. Because this truly is an attack on democracy. Look at the state of Texas. Agree with them, don't agree with them. But the legislature was elected by the people in Texas. They elected the House. They elected the Senate. They elected Governor Abbott. They elected them. These people are in the legislature. These government officials are carrying out the will of the people. And instead of going by democracy, instead of going by a representative republic, which is what this country is, they decided to walk out to prevent the people's voice from being heard in Texas. Now, you could disagree with it. You could say, I think it's wrong and my constituents don't agree with it. But stand up and fight for that. Don't walk out and block what the people of Texas have wanted. And when we come back from this particular break, we're going to take a break here in a moment. But it's not even about what's going on in Texas because they're going to require it's it's not that big of a thing. They're going to the law in Texas would require voter ID. OK, well, Democrats across the, across the country, including Stacey Abrams in Georgia, have come out and said voter ID is not discriminatory, is not discriminatory. So then what's your objection to voter ID? It would also, this bill, uh, federally, and we're going to break this down in just a moment, but it's really an attempt, this walkout in Texas, is an attempt to eliminate the filibuster in Washington, D.C. Now, this is just not my opinion. I'm going to give you evidence of that when we come back because we have it on audio uh, from uh, one of the people who walked out of legislature in Austin, Texas, she actually made the mistake of saying why they're really doing it. And folks, it has nothing whatsoever to do with the voting bill in Texas. It's a stunt. It's a political stunt. So Brad Young in with you this evening here on At Your Service. We'll get to that in just a moment. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to At Your Service, Brad Young in this evening. And before the break, I was talking about the uh, the Texas two-step that they were doing out of Texas this week where the Democrats left and walked out, got on a plane, didn't wear a mask. Apparently, I thought you had to wear a mask on a plane, but apparently not. And they flew where? To Washington, D.C. Where else? Where else would a bunch of liberal Democrats from Texas want to flee to? But they ostensibly claimed that they were fleeing Texas in order to uh, in order to protest this bill. Now, there's two things that's incredibly ironic about this. First of all, eliminating a quorum is a form of a filibuster, and yet they used a type of filibuster to protest the existence of the filibuster in Washington D.C. How much sense does that make? If you're so against the filibuster, why did you exercise a filibuster to demonstrate your protest against the very thing that you're using? I mean, that's like Liam Neeson going out in a movie shooting up 8,000 rounds of ammunition with handguns and machine guns and saying in the middle of the movie he's against guns. I mean, that's really what it's like, isn't it? 
I'm against filibusters. I'm against filibusters. Now I'm going to use a filibuster. That's no different than than Liam Neeson uh, uh, claiming, or, or if Sylvester Stallone claimed that he was against guns in the middle of one of the uh, uh, the well, not the Incredibles. It's the um, what's the name of his movie? The uh, the the Expendables. Sorry. Not the Incredibles. That's the animated movie. <laughs> what am I thinking? It'd be like Sylvester Stallone in the middle of the Expendables. Thank you, Matt. Saying he was against guns and people should not be allowed to own guns. It's ridiculous. It's patently absurd. But to get to the real reason why these Democrats walked out, it had nothing to do with so-called protesting this uh, voting uh, voter integrity bill out of Texas, which is what they said it was, it has nothing to do with that. And how do we know that? Well, Texas State Representative Jasmine Crockett, she was one of the people that walked out of the Texas uh, legislature out of Austin, Texas. She was, of course, interviewed on MSNBC because on MSNBC, uh, uh, all liberals are treated with the utmost respect and are never challenged. Here's what she said uh, talking on uh, MSNBC's Morning Joe. So what is the end game here? The end game is to actually move the Senate. As you can see, our governor is being very aggressive. So is our House. So is our Texas Senate. They are all Republican controlled. Just the opposite of what we have in D.C. We have a Democratic controlled House, a Democratic controlled Senate and a Democratic White House. We're asking for that level of aggression to do good, because right now the Republicans in Texas are doing everything that they can to do bad. And so we want that backup. So you heard what she said. It had nothing to do with this particular bill, had nothing to do with this voting rights bill in Texas. It had everything to do with motivating Washington, D.C. to eliminate the filibuster, to eliminate the filibuster. So as I mentioned a moment ago, they're using a filibuster to tell us how evil, terrible, rotten, dirty, and nasty the filibuster is. Boy, position Physician, heal thyself. Uh, and, and what's ironic is, is that they want to get rid of the filibuster for lots of reasons. But but at least initially, the Democrats want to get rid of the filibuster in order to pass what's called the For the People's Act, H.R. 1, For the People's Act. Folks, if For the People's Act passes, it will be the greatest instrument of voter fraud that we have ever seen in this country. Since the Civil War days when people were giving out whiskey for votes, this is almost, almost on par with that. Now, how do I know? I, I went through the For the People's Act today. It is extremely long. Essentially, the purpose and the point of the For the People's Act is to eliminate state control in elections, to eliminate state control of our elections. That's the purpose of it. Even though constitutionally, the states are in charge of elections. We know that from both the text of the Constitution and from the context of the, what's called federalism, where there's a division of powers. And yet the For the People's Act would take away that entire power that is currently owned by the states. It would also do, and I just listed a couple of things here to mention, one of the things that it would do right now, currently, Felons are prohibited from voting in the United States. If you're a felon, you can't vote. And there is actually, I've had people ask me, why is that? Why is it that if you're a felon, you lose the right to vote? Well, there's a very simple reason for that. 
if you commit a misdemeanor in this country, you can chalk that up to a mistake. I didn't know. I I wasn't paying attention. It was inadvertence. You know, like driving uh, with your temp tag expired. How many people are doing that today? That's a misdemeanor. At least it should be. Hopefully we'll be again very soon. But that could be at least an oversight. But if you're convicted of a felony in this country, that means you had a deliberate intent to violate the most severe levels of laws in this country. And if you have the desire and the intent to violate the most severe laws in this country, then why should you be in charge? Why should you have a voice in electing people who draft the laws? In other words, if you're against and if you're against the law, if you are in favor of violating the law, why should you get to vote to peep for people who make the laws? I mean, let me put this in a simpler context for you. That would be like saying if you are a moo-moo-wearing 60-year-old white woman who's got 72 cats living in her house, is she the person you want to be in charge of determining how many pets people should be allowed to own? No, you don't let cat hoarders determine how many pets you get to own because then there would be no limit, okay? So if someone has an intent to violate the law, they can't be placed in charge of determining who writes the law. That's why felons are not allowed to vote. Now, in Florida, they have a program where if you get out of prison, you go through some rehabilitation, you do some community service, you can actually regain your right to vote. I have no problem with that whatsoever. In other words, it's not an unpardonable sin. But you have to regain the public's trust in order to vote for the people who represent the public. And yet in this For the People's Act that all of the House Democrats are for, all of the Senate Democrats are for, all of the Texas Democrats are for, they just want to unilaterally give felons the right to vote. In other words, people who knowingly, intentionally, and with malice aforethought violate the law, they get to pick the people who make the laws. Folks, that's wrong. Some of the other things in this For the People's Act, and this is a long bill. I'm not going to go through it all. But it would prohibit the use of returned, non-forwardable mail as the basis for removing registered voters from the rolls. So in other words, if St. Louis County mails a ballot to John Smith and that ballot comes back and says, John Smith no longer lives here, no forwarding address, the forward people, the For the People's Act would say St. Louis County cannot remove that person from the voting rolls. Well, why the heck not? He doesn't live there anymore. They don't know where he is. The post office has no idea, but we can't remove him from the rolls. That's the For the People's Act. It's really For the Fraud Act is really what it should be called. Uh, and one of the other things, just again, there's so much here, but just briefly before we go to the break at the bottom of the hour, it would prohibit states from passing any restrictions whatsoever on an individual's ability to vote by mail. Now, one of the things that the Supreme Court at the end of June upheld when they upheld the constitutionality by a 6-3 to three margin of the Arizona's federal election integrity law, or their Arizona, rather, state election integrity law. One of the things in that law was to prohibit 
what's called ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting. What is that? Um, you know, if we were talking to Michael Lynch last hour, he would say something about uh, organ harvesting from cattle mutilations. No, it doesn't involve that. But what it involves is this. Somebody gets to come by the nursing home, come by the retirement home and say, hey, I will pick up all of your mail-in ballots and I'll be more than happy to take those in and file them for you. Oh, and by the way, if you didn't fill out your ballots, I'll be happy to help you do that. Okay. Boy, what a nice young man that guy person is. My goodness, he's even going to help me fill out my ballots. Well, of course he is. That's called fraud. That's called election violation fraud. And it would ban ballot harvesting. The Supreme Court said it was up it upheld Arizona's legal, constitutional and statutory authority to ban ballot harvesting. Or the People's Act would take that away. So in other words, in Chicago, where of course there has never been any election fraud in Chicago, my goodness, my dad passed away. My dad lives in Illinois, lived in Illinois. He passed away in 2007 in Illinois. I think he's voted in the last three elections in Illinois. Uh, but this would prevent ballot harvesting. But the For the People's Act would allow ballot harvesting across the board in all 50 states, in Washington, D.C., and in Puerto Rico. And that's just a few of the things in the For the People's Act. So, again, I think it's extremely ironic, extremely ironic, that the Texas Democrats have used the filibuster to protest the filibuster in Washington, D.C., so they could pass laws that would allow convicted felons to vote. What do you think of that? Should convicted felons be allowed to vote? Should we be prohibiting ballot harvesting? Is it okay for states to individually require voter ID when, my goodness, even Stacey Abrams in Georgia has said that voter ID is not racist, and yet President Biden today said that voting restrictions of any kind is the greatest threat to democracy since the Civil War. Wow. And he gets the Academy Award for hyperbole on this stump. Uh, goes to President Joe Biden. Brad Young here on At Your Service tonight. We'll be back right after this break. Don't go away on KMOX. Brett Young in with, in with you this evening on Camo X at your service. What's on your mind? Phone lines are open. 314-436-7900. Call or text. Uh, there was a court decision that came down uh, yesterday from the uh, from the Court of Appeals. It was uh, it was the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. That's the federal Court of Appeals here in, in St. Louis. And here's what it dealt with. And this is why I think this is fascinating is that Remember during, my goodness, you want to go back to Michael Brown, George Floyd, Jason, Jason Stockley, uh, all of the above, any of those events and more, we saw people taking to the streets, closing down the streets, people walking out on the interstates, walking out on the highways, people were injured. I think there was at least, uh, at least one, if not more, fatalities, and it was driving me crazy that why aren't the police stopping those marches? Because while you have certainly have the right, and I will be the first to support anyone's right to speak and to protest, 
You don't necessarily have a right to close down a highway. That's dangerous. It's not. Uh, it's certainly not something that you should be doing, and uh, and you could kill yourself in the process. So uh, I did. I just didn't understand why the police were allowing it. And so, what's interesting is there was a march that was held in January of 2017, where it was called the Women's March, and they shut down the road and shut, tried to shut down a highway as a result of, of this of this protest. And someone was arrested for this, and they argued it was a violation of their freedom of speech. Well, although the district court agreed that it was freedom of speech and they couldn't be prosecuted for it, the Court of Appeals yesterday overturned that. They overturned that, and they ruled that it was conduct, not speech. That conduct can be regulated. Conduct can be punished. It was conduct, not speech. And initially, you know, one of the things I struggled with in law school was the burning of the American flag. There is, there is very little that is, to, from my perspective, more reprehensible than the burning of the American flag. And so I was always in favor of laws that would prohibit the burning of the American flag. But then I became, I, I really realized in law school that that was quintessentially speech. When you're saying, I hate this country, I'm going to burn the flag. And even though I completely disagree with anyone who says they hate this country, and in fact, I would donate to their fund to fly them to any country uh, of their choice, particularly a communist country, because they're not very good there. Just look in Cuba. Uh, but uh, uh, but I understand that it is speech, and even reprehensible speech should be upheld. But closing down a street is conduct, not speech. And the Court of Appeals got it right here in St. Louis, stating that that cannot, or you can punish someone for closing down the road. I think Jim's calling. Hey, Jim, uh, welcome to KMOX. Hi, Brad. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Well, I have you on speaker so that I can hear what you're saying, uh, but can you hear me very well? I, I can. Way? Just make sure you're listening to me on the phone and not on the radio. Okay. What's well, on your mind, Jim? The reason I call, well, you ask what's on our mind. The reason I call is because I just it just seems like we're just completely going to um, people are, people's uh, freedom of speech is being completely taken away. You know what I mean? Uh, Facebook, mm. go on there. You can't find out any information about things because they just cut it out. It's it, 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 it is like uh, have certain words that you can't say on there or your, you know, whatever, you, whatever you're posting is, is not posted. And then once you say it, then you as a, as a user are, are like ruled out. And uh, they suppose, I mean, one Thing that I want information on is, is these vaccines. For a long time, bits and pieces about them were getting out. You know how far it was between to get the first dose and the second dose, and what was the uh, effective. You know, mm-hmm. you know which one was better for this person or that person. But now, that's all just silence. Nobody could say anything about it. They just tell you, "Oh, go get a vaccination." They don't tell you what one you're going to get or. Uh, you know, any, anything like that. There's no, as far as I know, there's no factual information about these things available at all. They just tell you go, man, 
if it was a pill or a patch or a, like a, a like a, I don't know some sort of a, a mist or something a spray, I might do it. But I know for a fact you get one injection of the wrong thing and it is over. You ask anybody who has hepatitis or AIDS, you get one injection of the wrong thing and you're done. So I want to make sure that I know what I'm doing before I get this drug. And they're, right. they're not giving me they're not giving me any information at all. No, you're so, you're not going to get Jim. You're not going to get legitimate, unfiltered information on Facebook. You're simply not. In fact, I've got a story here uh, that Facebook just updated their hate speech policy, and if you say anything on Facebook now that criticizes a foreign country or government like China or the Palestinian Authority or if you criticize pro-transgender rights or pro-gay rights beliefs, or if you even have a criticism of feminism, you will be removed from Facebook. Now, where Jim, that, well, that is not can, freedom of speech. Well, where, where can I get information about specifically these vaccinations? I, I, think it's, I think it's all being hidden because they have an actual like website where they say getvaccineanswers.org. Right. And I wrote them a letter saying I would like to speak with someone about the various vaccinations and what, which, to figure out which one's best for me. Sure. And and why? And they, they you get nothing. Yeah, it's 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 really hard. I'm not going to kid you on that one, Jim. It is extremely difficult. Uh, I do a lot of research online. I research uh, because in my law practice, it's all dealing with personal injury. And so I'm I'm researching injuries and conditions online all the time, and I've I've kind of got a good sense of what is a legitimate source of news and what is not. But I, I can't just give you a website to go to uh, because I don't know that off the top of my head. But I, I I applaud you, Jim, for wanting to know more about it. I I received the Pfizer vaccine. I researched it myself. I thought it was uh, relatively safe. And uh, because nothing is risk free in this life, nothing. You can't get out of bed in the morning and it be risk free. So I think there are some legitimate potential issues with all of the vaccines, but the benefits far outweigh the detriments. But I applaud you for wanting to research that and to find out what it is that's being put into your body. But right now, if you look at what's going on in Washington, D.C., the, the federal government wants to create a federal vaccine mandate where you would not have the right to say, I don't really want you to stick that jab in my arm. And, Jim, I tell you, as even though I'm personally in favor of the vaccine, you would hear me scream from the top of the, uh, the KMOX building about how wrong it is for the federal government to forcibly vaccinate you against your will. And yet that's where President Biden wants to take this country. Now, how would you react if the federal government came to you and said, Jim, we're going to forcibly vaccinate you? How would you react to that? Uh, well, I guess you, you just have to, you know, they force you to do it. I don't think they will. Well, um, I hope it doesn't come to that. But I, if, if I were against the vaccine, having the government come to me and force me to take it isn't the kind of approach that would make me want to get it. I I mean, here's the thing, okay, in, in in Missouri, if you're involved in some sort of an organization, the organization can say, we want, you know, at work or at school or whatever, they can say, we, we're demanding that you have these and prove that you got it before you, 
Well, in the state of Missouri, I don't know about at work, but... But that's true, Jim, but let me break that down for you, though. I don't have a problem with that, because if your employer comes to you and says, Jim, we're going to require you to be vaccinated to work here, then you have a decision to make. The choice is still yours. Do I want to work for Acme Company and get the vaccine, or if I don't want the vaccine, I can quit and go somewhere else? If there's going to be some sort of a requirement that you have to have a vaccine to fly on a plane, you can still make a decision that says, well, if I want to fly on a plane, I'll get the vaccine. If I don't want to get the vaccine, I'll drive my car. But if the government comes to you and forces you to get a vaccine, you no longer have a choice. And to me, that is criminal. Well, I I disagree. Unless it's a part of your job de- description, I don't think they can force you to do it at work. But I may be wrong about that. Yeah, the law is pretty clear on that one, Jim. The, the employer can require a vaccine as a continual term of employment. Scope your job description, and it's not covered under workers' comp. Well, it would be if your employer, listen, workers' comp is a lot of what I do. And if your employer comes to you and says, Jim, you must be vaccinated as a condition of your employment, and then you have a reaction to that vaccine, that would absolutely be covered under workers' comp. Uh, that, that may be one. I don't know. But in the state of Missouri, there's two exemptions. There's only a religious or a medical. And that's nationwide. Medical, have, well, and it's in 44 states have exemptions. And you have to look it up, but some of them only have... No, it's it's a federal. It's nationwide. That's what the EEOC has said. Because of Title Seven. you have to give a religious exemption and an ADA exemption. That It's not limited by the states. That is nationwide. Okay, well, in the state of Missouri, if you go with a medical, you have to get a note from a doctor. But if you go with the religious, you don't have to have a note. You can just say, I'm objecting to this on the grounds of, you know, religious grounds. So, uh, I don't know, if it comes right down to it, that's what I'm going to do. I, I don't think I'm – I mean, if, they, if they'll give me the information about these things, that, that's one reason why I don't want to get it. I'm not uh, – I mean, partly I do want to look up the information, but the fact that they're covering up all the information is yeah, – Gives you a me, pause for concern. That, that, I mean, that's, that, that's uh indication above almost anything else yep. that to not do it. I, I hear you. Hey, Jim, we're coming up here on a break, my friend. We're going to have to let you go. Okay, bye. Hey, thanks so much for calling in this evening on X at your service. We've got some other folks holding, including Joy. Uh, we're going to take a break, so hang on through the break. We'll be right back here on At Your Service on X. Hey, welcome back to At Your Service this evening. Uh, we've got a lot of folks here on the phone, so I'm going to get to some of these calls. Hey, Joy, welcome to X. Oh, thank you very, very much. Uh, I was just listening to Jim. Yes. And he was having a little bit of problems with uh, whether he should get the shot or not. Yeah, he he, he was talking and, about that. Yep. And I've had it. I didn't have any problems with it. Mm-hmm. But I do want to tell you why a lot of people might not have gotten their shots. Why is that? Well, uh, I don't have... Uh, internet so i got a phone number off of a ribbon from one of the news channels yeah and um i called it and they said somebody call me back well a month later nobody called me back (laughs) okay i called again and you know again will somebody call you back well nobody called me back it took me five months 
to get an appointment. Wow. And I wouldn't have had, I'd, I'd still be waiting for one if it hadn't been for my son, you know, really getting after me to get it. Right. So you, you and, did get some information and that allowed you to, to make a decision then to get the vaccine. Well, I, I just figured, you know, if it's going to let me go see my grandkid, yeah, <laughs> I don't care if they shoot me with water, you yeah. know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm just joking. But really, oh, sure. you know, people, people have, you know, I'm sure other people have had the same problem. You know, you, you call a number that's supposed to help you and nobody helps you. I know it's really a problem. Hey, Joy, I'm going to have to let you go. We've got some other calls I've got to get to, but thanks for calling in this evening. Bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Dale's been holding a while. Hey, Dale, welcome to Camo X. Are you ready? Yes. What's on your mind, Dale? Well, this, this vaccine thing. Yeah. You know, I'm 85 years old, and I'm as conservative as you can imagine. But And all this, uh, and I think it's the conservative side, the government requiring uh, the mandating on a vaccine, is, in my recollection is, you can't get into the first grade without umpteen vaccination, diphtheria, smallpox. Uh, that's dip, uh, that's all true. Of them. That's so true. Why, but but why, you, why is this a big deal? Well, it's a big deal for this reason, Dale. At least from my perspective as an attorney, if you if the if the school system says to you you have to be vaccinated to come to school, and you say, well, I don't want my kids to be vaccinated, you still have an option to homeschool. So, in other words, they're saying you must have a vaccination to receive these services, but then you have an option not to get those services. That's different than Biden and Jen Psaki and Kamala Harris coming by your house with three people and a couple of needles and saying, hey, Dale, I'm going to hold you down and give you a shot. Those two scenarios are completely different. Well, okay. I think that's a little overstated about people coming to your house. I, I'm vaccinated myself. Well, I am about, too. About March. I, I am too. But that's what the government is talking about right now is forcibly being vaccinated. Hey, Dale, we're coming up on a hard break, my friend. I'm sorry I'm going to have to let you go. But thanks for calling in this evening on Camo X. Other folks have been holding. I'm sorry if you could hold through the break. That would be great. I'd be happy to talk to you. Brad Young here at your service. When we come back from this break, we've got some more things on the uh, on the agenda to talk about, including free speech, including uh, vaccine lotteries and more here on At Your Service KMOX.